blessings to all you lovely listeners. This is Caleb Truth, and you're now listening to Beyond the Veil on InnerLightRadio.com, where we go beyond the surface level of reality and dive deep to reveal hidden truths and exciting revelations. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again on today's program. Uh, I have a special guest today who's been with me on my journey for a couple of years now. We've shared a lot of amazing uh, stories and insights with one another. I try. I and try. Um, yeah, so he brought me something interesting uh, this year that I had to like dive into because, you know, I had to. It was really, really, it was really, really I, curious. I've been telling you about since we first met. Exactly. And so, yeah, what, we, what we're going to be talking about today is, is like this crazy, insane reality we're dealing with when it comes to the advertising industry and how it negatively affects our reality and our perceptions of ourselves. Well, it's not just the advertising industry, I would say. I would say it's this thing I call media saturation culture society. Okay, where did this come from? This is why I brought to you this documentary that I wanted you to, to watch and why I speak about Edward Bernays, right? Mm-hmm. The world so is, is this way because of specific men making specific decisions in history. Mm-hmm. So just for some, to reiterate, uh, for some of you, if you want to go on YouTube this in the future, it's called The Century of self and just giving you a warning it is about four hours long so you might want to split that up into a couple of days but i guarantee you if you embark on that adventure it's going to blow your freaking mind yeah it's it's a documentary by very well-known documentarian adam curtis out of england i believe it's a bbc uh production and adam curtis is very very seasoned documentarian very successful and he does deep research into a subject matter when he makes a documentary about it so he's uh pretty pretty impressive for a documentarian so if you are familiar if you're if you're into documentaries you probably have heard of adam curtis if you haven't heard of century of self what rock have you been living under i don't know but Century of Self, in my mind, is compulsory content, compulsory curriculum for every human on planet Earth. I would love to see Century of Self shown to people, to kids in grade five. Every school-age child should go through this kind of media awareness training, psychology, manipulation, propaganda, understanding, history, training, and, and knowledge space. I think. I think. That's, you know. Mm, because thing. they are the next generation. If they have that education, they probably think about everything very differently music the products they they get seduced into buying all these things would would totally change and i guess like not even just for kids adults too because when adults are going through like putting their kids through school and the kids like oh mom everybody at school has this product i want to have it too like parents are going to guide them to to the fact that the other kids at school are actually being manipulated brainwashed are we allowed to swear on this program because i tend to swear a lot i don't know you guys might have to bleep me out but i i have a tendency to no f-bombs, this no and f-bombs. F-bombs. okay i'll try to remember i'll yeah. try to remember i almost let a few out just there <laughs> but no i it's it's a really 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 critical thing i mean we used to talk about in my generation i'm just recently officially middle-aged i just turned 45 a few weeks ago so i say my generation like i'm like this old guy now but you know we used to talk about critical thinking a lot in our early 20s when a lot of us were going through university and stuff like that you know and a lot of the people I grew up with went off into social sciences into uh, you know psychology and and that those those types of fields so it was typical for us to kind of you know talk about this thing called critical thinking right and if you know more I think this is the thing if more parents knew about who was pulling the strings and how scientific the manipulation of them was, they might raise children to be more 
critical thinkers instead of just peasants at the trough taking whatever crap we, we, we throw at them and, and tell them they should be buying, you mm -hmm. know, let, let alone the whole lark of, of money being a real thing. That's mm -hmm. a whole other story. So how did you find this years. documentary to begin with? Like I, you know what? I can't, I can't honestly remember. I, um, I knew of Edward Bernays for, for quite a bit of, of my career in marketing. I've always known that I can't even remember not knowing that Edward Bernays was basically the great-grandfather of our industry, that it was Edward Bernays who opened up the first business that would turn into uh, public relations and then marketing on Madison Avenue. I, and I believe the First World War, and you know, facts and stuff and historical dates and names, I might be off by like, you know, a continent, a few decades once in a while. I don't really care about those kinds of explicit details. I let you know, trolls argue with each other about those <laughs> kinds of details. There's plenty of those online. Yeah, what's important to me is like the ground kind of sweeping kind of specific things about, you know, the meaning. Like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean? Okay, well, this guy, Edward Bernays, was the, the nephew on both sides, his father and mother's side, of Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud's, critically, Sigmund Freud's books wouldn't have been published if Edward Bernays didn't, didn't help it. him. Yes. Okay? Edward yes. Bernays may have been the editor, kind of. We're not maybe 100% sure, but I get the sense that Edward didn't publish everything that Ziggy came up with. Okay? My belief is Eddie kind of kept a few cards a little bit closer to himself and kind of tucked them in his shirt pocket and kind of hid them away from what got published for, you know, the medical industry and for psychology and that kind of thing because he knew his uncle's great intuitive leap. His great intuition about human instinct was a groundbreaking thing, okay? And right away, this guy takes what his uncle's doing and turns it into, oh, hey, my uncle knows humans react to stuff. Now we can manipulate them. And that's even that okay? was him assuming that his uncle's work was accurate. That is a big assumption. It's, it's and like, that's, but that's part that of it. That had to be analyzed. And that's a big part of it because a lot of people fundamentally disagree with a lot of stuff that Sigmund Freud has come up with, particularly as it pertains to sexuality and that, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of misogynistic and patriarchal stuff mm -hmm. cooked into what Zygmunt Freud came up with, and that is partially because he's a guy, so he's a, he's a dick, okay, so dicks are dicks, that's part <laughs> of it, and, you know, he's also a product of his generation, you know, he was mm -hmm. fully cooked up into this patriarchal male-dominated world that was we we think maybe worse than it is now. Although I'm not completely certain. No, it's masked with with different things. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. feel like it's that fundamentally much better, if if at all, better than it was a hundred years ago. I don't know. You know, I wasn't alive a hundred years ago, and not that uh, uh, you know strong a historian. But the point the point is is that this guy who was working with the army working with multiple governments, working with some of the world's biggest corporations, um, was able to perform some services that were remarkably beneficial to his clients based on the work of his uncle, Sigmund Freud, and the, 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 the knowledge that Ziggy had about psychoanalysis and human instinct. You know, basically that we're animals too. You know, and if you go back perhaps several hundred years, I believe, and I could be wrong, but from what I understand, there was quite a a, a push from the Judeo-Christian world to sort of make humans be these like near godlike things, 
less than only if you obeyed. Well, if you're if, if, you if you're the pious, rules. if you're pious, yeah. if you if you follow God's word or whatever, I'm putting parentheses up here in the air. Um, then you know you're. But instead of being an animal with a frontal lobe and a soul, you know, not that dogs and cats don't have souls, and perhaps religion. Actually, had a guest on my show before with, talking with about, that. about that. But it's pretty mm-hmm. evident to me. I've had pets, and it's pretty evident to me that they do, have they do sure as hell have souls and mm-hmm. spirits and. And personalities and that kind of thing, but you know, I, I think the, the big thing about what we got to take away from, and everybody needs to know about this guy Edward Bernays. Everybody walking down the street should know about the story of Edward Bernays. It's a critical piece of human history that isn't really discussed. People want to talk about the leaders and the wars and the politicians and the CEOs and stuff like that. No, 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 no. No, it's the guys behind the, the scenes guy behind that the are pulling scenes. all the strings. Who were they? What were their names? What did they bring to the table? And mm-hmm. why were they there? Well, Edward Bernays' story is, is, a, is a really, really important one because, like I said at the beginning, we really do, in my mind, live in this media culture saturation society where we're completely, relentlessly ever inundated by messaging and media, and most of it's trying to sell us shit. Yeah, and none of that you know? really has to do with us being empowered as human beings no. and doing what's right for us. It's about doing the things according to another corporation's agenda so that yeah. you flatten their bottom line. Well, what you, you couple this psychological manipulation system with a band of privateers, these free-reign capitalists who have managed to conflate in the last 40 years, thanks to Edward Bernays's techniques and approach to propaganda, they've managed to conflate democracy and freedom and pursuit of joy with free reign capitalism. So truly only money and greed will bring humanity in their ideological overview to its greatest potential. Only the greedy, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's stupid. It's like, it's like, it's like saying that, uh, you know, theory of evolution applied to culture and systems. No, dude, give me a break. Uh, money system, culture, these are all made up. Yes. These are not organic things surviving on a dirt ball They're in outer ideas. space. They're just ideas. Yeah, we can agree about it. We can disagree. It's up to we us can to cooperate negotiate. or not cooperate. Exactly. And these guys have made it out like the laws of, well, even Darwin's ideas are still not necessarily Factual. I mean, so there's still argument about, you know, you can argue about all science. I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole other basket of stupid. <laughs> Some science is pretty sound. We've measured a lot of things. We've, we've taken a lot of readings. We've taken a lot of reports. We've done a lot of, you know, sure, we're always going to be limited by our own human characteristics and our own human ability to think of and what to measure and whatnot. And it's all going to be eventually boiled off to some subjective decision at some point. But there is, there is objective reality that we share. Okay, who is, you know, coating that objective reality with the new coats of paint mm-hmm. to please their agenda? What are their agendas, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And at the end of the day, guys like Edward Bernays and the marketing industry in general works for the people in the business of selling things. And one, and, one thing that ideas. was interesting to me in, in watching this documentary and getting into the mind of Sigmund Sigmund Freud and his perception of humans mm. seemed to be really shallow. Like, he thought that we were really weak creatures and that we're controlled mostly by our, our emotions and that we're these, like, uh, these beings, these animals that were completely out of control. 
well, these that were we needed and that we needed to be controlled and we needed we needed to have these psychological systems in order to stop people from becoming violent creatures or something. It's like, where's the faith, yeah. bro? <laughs> like yeah. what world did you grow up in? Like what what like that makes me question like let me psychoanalyze you for a second. Yeah. What was your upbringing like yeah. for you to have these kinds of perceptions? Why would you expect your fellow man to be a piece of crap? Exactly. Unless you in your own heart felt, felt that, you were, a piece that of crap. you were a piece of crap. So is this the projection? Of Sigmund Freud into his work of his own self-loathing mm-hmm. in a in a hyper intellectual state, you know, where he's he's got this instinct about human instinct, he's got this great intuition about human instinct driving a lot of what we do, mm-hmm. which modern science has backed up to some extent. Do you know what I mean? It's not like his ideas were completely out to lunch. Sure, there are some that were very, uh, I would say, you know biased because of, of his being a man and his, his time and stuff. But I think it's, 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 it's also boiled off of uh, the church. I think yep, religion... Yeah, there's a lot of indoctrination in religion there. Religion has, you know, programs. Judaism, Islam, Christianity, they, they very much in those times, I think, you know, diminished and, and separated humans. There's, that's a lack of consciousness. I mean, you, yeah, I know you, you, you talk about consciousness on, mm-hmm. on your program and, and, and awareness. Well, you only rise up you think you're better than stuff because you don't realize you're the same as all the stuff that there is no difference between you and a table and you and the air and you and outer space and you and other animals that we're a collective consciousness mm-hmm. and we're just individual manifestations of that right that, I mean I know that's a whole other story but people who don't kind of get that or, or are capable of accepting people for what they are like to get up into judgy mode space you know, and I get it. He was a doctor. He's a triage guy. He's trying to figure out what's wrong with people and give them guidance to make things better. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure out a way to make their lives better, make them healthier, whatever. That's what doctors are supposed to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think he was earnest mm-hmm. in that hope, in that approach to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to like continue with uh, in... in I guess us psychoanalyzing Freud is this: we know that through money, through through Bernays's financial power, he was able to fund his work to come into America, and he was funding a perspective. Well, Bernays, and, and, and Bernays looking, was in the states. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bernays, Bernays was in the states. In the states. Freud was back in in Europe at yeah. the time, and he was yeah. in the apparent financial dire straits at the time too, which is yeah. why he also decided to fund his work to help yeah. him out. But and, and, and like returning back to that thought, it's like he, he was funding this perspective to come into America. And this perspective may have been flawed. And this is something that people really need to think about because uh, apparently a lot of his work is still being taught in schools as like, you know. Well, his children, thing. his daughter, I, I don't know, I can't remember the name, but uh, one of his daughters or daughter took his work and got very, very ideological about the purpose of his work and the angle that his work had on, you know, in terms of, uh, like, the angle that his work had on influencing how treatment would exist. And you know, there are, so, I mean, in the century of itself, the, the film, the, the four-part documentary, I don't know which of the four one-hour episodes it, it talks, it, it speaks to this point, but her... Her influence and in working with certain people in her, and I would characterize it, she kind of perverted Ziggy's work. Like hmm. Ziggy's daughter kind of perverted his work. She got like religious about it. You know, she got like 
vehement about it. She became fundamentalist about it and strict, very German. You know, remember these are these were Germans. You know, they might have been Jewish folk, but they were still Germans too, and mm-hmm. they're still affected by the German culture. She was she was really like Germanic and that kind of you know. I'm saying that because I'm part German, so I, <laughs> I you know I, I feel like I'm allowed to make fun of Germans a little bit. And, uh, well, you know, nobody should defend the Germans. I mean, we're allowed to make fun of the Germans anyways. They did some bad shit a few years ago, as yeah. you can all remember. Yeah. But, you know, she was very, I think, like, like just forceful and, 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 and draconian about it. And just, anyways, a lot of people suffered. And I believe there was one family of which many of the, the children ended up committing suicide. They ended up killing themselves. Actually, yes, they bring that right? up. I think it's in part... I think part three, yeah. where they bring that up, and even when I, I I listened to that in the YouTube video, I was like, "Excuse me, like the, tr- the treatment that are was so traumatic, so educated yeah. in human psychology, yeah. had their own lack of awareness yeah. about this individual, and didn't even see that this individual yeah. was about to make this, you yeah. know, kind of they they they. I would say a mistake. I don't know. Abs- Maybe no, it wasn't, but it was. It was. Look, it was completely flawed. She wasn't yeah. self-aware. Yeah, she wasn't a conscious being. She figured, okay, dad came up with a system. Let's push these people through my interpretation of how this system should be run, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I believe she she ended up being the leader of organizations that were speaking to, you know, psychoanalysis and you know, and uh, they affected all of the teaching in universities. They, I mean, it's a massive influence over an entire industry. And we really have to wonder at the end of the day. The way that Ziggy's ideas were delivered to society, has it has it been a net sum game? Mm-hmm. Has it actually worked out? Yeah, and, and this I don't is something know. we have to really look at. I don't know. Not only did they spread these ideas out there, yeah. but they were accepted by leaders in high positions. Well, this is another big problem. Like the President the Eisenhower yeah. was being uh, guided by Bernays. But and this it's is like, the where thing. was his mind at? It Why was he so easily able to you know, buy into these ideologies. But this is the thing. What was he being sold? People, and why did he get sold on it? People don't know about Ziggy's work through mm-hmm. Eddie for corporations and government. Mm-hmm. People know about Ziggy's work in psychology and psychiatry and treatment of human beings. And that's, and like we agree, that's an arguable space. Mm-hmm. You know, how much benefit has there been? Um, my father-in-law, a psychologist, uh, he makes fun of psychology all the time. Like he, he's, he's like, uh, it's, 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 it's voodoo. It's bullcrap. It's all just theories. It's all just, yeah, it's a it's lot of, theories. it's a lot of theories, right? Mm-hmm. But the fundamental part that matters in my mind is the intuition about human instinct. And what Edward did, turning that inside out and upside down and saying, hey, wait a second. I've got a manipulation engine. Mm-hmm. I've got a way of triggering massive numbers of people all at once to keep them under control, right? Because with democracy and urbanization and post-industrial era, we had this this world where people who were in power were afraid that great swaths of the population would get pissed off at something Bingo. and show up and have a a, a, a lynching party. You know, not in Bingo. the not in the southern U.S. Uh, sense of of what they did to the to the black population, but you know, a Bolshevik, something, something of that nature, a Bolshevik revolution <laughs> sort of, or a French revolution sort mm-hmm. of sense of it, a um, mob ruled type situation the, yeah, in Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what eventually destroyed Rome was the mob got sick and tired of being starving mm-hmm. and being fed gluten to poof them up. Yeah, 
and pretend that they were fed mm -hmm. and then distracted by, you know, the sacrificing of Christians to lions for sport, you know. So, like, looking at Edward Bernays' journey, it's not just, like, looking at how he was able to manipulate world leaders mm. or corporate leaders. It, it, it's also this, this other reality that these people also, these people that we d relied on at that time as mm. political leaders or corporate leaders, business leaders, also drank the Kool-Aid. Oh, and yeah. it just plays to, to this reality that yeah, just because someone is in a position of power doesn't it mean worked. they have all the answers and it doesn't mean that they're going to make the right choices. The techniques worked. Good or bad, the techniques worked. The people who he worked for had objectives. They hired Edward. Mm -hmm. He helped them accomplish their objectives with his knowledge of perverting Freud's arguably beneficial work. Whether or not Freud's work is a, was a benefit to the world, I, 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 don't, I make no assertion about you know, I think, you know, like I said, I think that the, the part that Edward took that matters that we need to know about, like everybody needs to be clued into, was human beings are instinctual creatures. We are. We absolutely are. You know? Now, I would say that's the only one aspect of our being. There's a balance between our instinctual side yeah. and our intuitive side. Yeah. And it's the intuitive side that has been suppressed for decades, maybe even centuries, due to, like, patriarchal energy on this planet and i think that's what we're this new this new recurring theme that everybody's talking about is the return of the sacred divine feminine and us returning back into that intuitive side of ourselves well it's like being in the flow and being in harmony with with consciousness mm -hmm. you know because you're a part of it instead of being an argument mm -hmm. with consciousness and mm -hmm. separation exactly and individuality exactly and all that stuff right and that's but what that's they that's say but part the of ego does it's all about the individual yeah. it's all about yeah. separation me you i want yeah. that, like this kind of but if i'm a marketer reality. all i want to do is cater to the ego. i want yeah, yeah yes of course. yes sorry f-bomb there yes exactly <laughs> no I mean, that's that's the name of the game because the ego needs immediate gratification yes so if you can prove to the ego in a in a way that I mean, it's not even proof. It's 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 like it's trigger, man. It's fast. I mean, there's the commercial has 30 seconds long, but really, your heart's hooked in the first two milliseconds. Like you're in before the first second has passed, you know. Like, and and or with the stuff that Edward Bernays did uh, with the freedom torches, right? The freedom torches and the cigarette. I mean, this is the the. Yes. That was in the first part. That I was, think. yeah. That was. Yeah. I mean, that's one of that's getting like, women to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, that's one of great. That's one of Eddie's. Like, if he had My a greatest goodness. hits album, that might be the number one track on Edward Bernays' greatest hits album. Was the Freedom Torches in the Easter Parade? I don't know if it was in Chicago. I don't know if it was in 1917 or 1927, but I don't know. Some sometime before the Second World War, um, women didn't smoke much in Western culture. It was taboo. I mean, they smoked. But they hit it. Mm -hmm. They would smoke with their husband. Lower class women would sometimes smoke openly because, you know, they gave, you know. They didn't really care. Less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, higher society people, women would hide it and it was very taboo and it was very inappropriate to do publicly. So he, Edward Bernays, conflated the idea of freedom in the wake, I believe in the wake or in the midst of the First World War and cigarette smoking. And they actually were able to kind of, I, I believe, if the timing is, is correct, and I, and I don't know about when the Statue of Liberty was given to the states, but I'm pretty sure that the whole Freedom Torch thing and the Statue of Liberty mm, Torch thing, I think there was a social, mm -hmm. cultural connection at that time and place, and, 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 and that is, was historically, typically, I think, the states' big symbol. 
Although the Statue of Liberty doesn't seem like it's a, as big a deal as it was 20 years ago, even. Like, I mean, especially given what was going on in the States in, in, in our current days and age. But, yeah, I mean, he doubled the amount of cigarette sales in that country, I believe, in pretty much 12 months. Okay? So, that's pretty... That's a big deal. I mean, when you... You kind of think... This is like like almost 100 years ago. Maybe over 100 years ago. And they've, like, got an extra billion dollars out of an industry? Yep. Like, this was, this was huge money. This was... I mean, and, and the, obviously, the impacts of this on culture and society have been resoundingly poor. How many people have died yep. of lung cancer? How many families have been destroyed by this addiction, you know? And then I'm sure with the, uh, uh, as the product went on, they probably, I, I don't want to get into conspiracy theory ideas too much, but I'm pretty certain they figured out that they should make the actual product itself more addictive, addictive yes. than it was naturally, yes. you know? Like, I don't think it's tobacco... Like what uses nicotine in a cigarette? Yeah. Besides making it addictive, addiction. what yeah. other was it going to make it taste better? Is nicotine not naturally occurring in tobacco? Is that a natural? Is that not natural? From in what tobacco? I understand, no, it's something that's added. I don't know. Oh, really? But who knows? I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't from know. what I understand, it's not I don't buy added. cigarettes, but it's just like cyanide. Around, smokers, what, what is cyanide doing cigarettes? in a cigarette? What's the purpose know. of that? A preservative, curing agent, side <laughs> effect. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't buy cigarettes. I don't smoke per se, but I steal cigarettes from people sometimes. And this is the the, the really dark, malicious shadow reality of who Bernays was. He didn't give a crap oh, about very, what he was poorly. selling and who he was working he for. He thought very, very poorly of the common There was no consequence in his mind. He thought very poorly of peasants. He yeah. thought we were all idiots. He thought we were all uh, incapable of making decisions for ourselves. He 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 thought that. He didn't really care about making anybody smarter. He, 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 he's helped feed into this white, old guy, entitlement, I'm rich, I was born rich, because my family's lineage is smart people, and we deserve all this awesomeness because we just are the better and you're kind nothing. of mentality. Yeah. And everybody else is nothing. Yeah. So he's, he certainly helped, in my mind, through his work, reinforce and encourage yeah. that kind of corporate socio-psychopathy that we see today. Yeah. And we, we see this with, with, with our small business clients, too, that are jerks sometimes, that yeah. want to emulate what they see as success with guys like Trump up mm-hmm. on the podium, behaving the way that they behave and being the way that they are. Oh, I want to be like that guy. I want to have, you know, live in an ivory tower like he does in New York. That's how I got to be. It's very dangerous. It is very dangerous. I mean, being in the conscious business uh, sector, when I'm working with my clients, is always doing the opposite. We begin to educate and inform corporations on how they should behave and what they should be doing. I would say purpose. To me, Yeah, having more purpose, having actual real positive impact on people's lives and communities. And articulating what that purpose is at a corporate level. Instead of going out to the world and fooling and lying and baiting and switching and manipulating your audience and manipulating those who you want to do business with, figure out why the heck you're here as a business, what Mm -hmm. good you're bringing to the world, and how you can express that in ways that are easy for your your audience to understand, right? And be genuine, right? And this is part of what the age of the internet has brought to us, but it's also brought to us the absolute opposite extreme, where it's lie as much as you can, lie all day long to cover up the old lies, and then lie (laughs) some more to cover up those cover-ups. You know what I mean? Like, they double down and triple down and quadruple down on the BS, 
and it works for some people. I mean, Edward Bernays was correct. The population is generally rather uneducated, but we can fix that. Mm-hmm. We can fix that. We can actually be diligent and make up for the lackings in the education system if we're given the opportunity to. It's hard if you're poor and you don't have funding to buy modern devices that can connect you to the knowledge base in the world. If you don't have experience knowing what knowledge to help your children learn that schools aren't teaching them because they're underfunded, in the States this is a serious, serious problem. They're sitting on 60 years of underfunding public education mm-hmm. and the outcomes are rather predictable. It's, it's, it's easy to see that it was going to end up this way. you know. But the guys who have pushed this have pushed it because maybe, in part, guys like Edward Bernays helped them be more bold in their assertion that their rich douchebaggery is an entitlement <laughs> to, you know, diminish all other people and treat, you know, us peasants, air quotes, peasants, and like, these exact like garbage. Same people do not want us getting more educated. They no. want to maintain their status and, and, and their power and control. This is the metaphor I like to use. If if you're if you're a king of the hill, so you're like you know, the, the rich guy on top of Mount Everest. Is it easier for you to have a stick that goes all the way around the mountain, that swings around the mountain and kicks people off at the bottom before they even start calling it up? Or is it easier is it easier to have a stick that goes halfway down the mountain, lets everybody fill the bottom half of the mountain, and then you have to kick them off the halfway up? Well, you know, leverage and all that and inertia and stuff, like, I mean, the metaphor is dealing with, you know, gravity and space and, and, and physics, but as a metaphor, I think it's easier if they just keep swinging the biggest stick from the top and kicking anybody that even gets near it. Yeah. You kick everybody off when you get near it. Mm-hmm. And that means taking away hope. Mm-hmm. And this is what we, I think we have in modern politics is this endless struggle between hope. So we're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into this concept uh, when we come back from the break. Uh, we're going to go on a quick break right now. And when we come back, we're going to dig into hope. We're going to dig into the, in the so, so, social, psychological, spiritual impact of what Bernays has done to our world and how to undo the damage. So we'll be right back. Hey, listeners, if you're ready to change your life, you've come to the right place. My name is Caleb Truth, and I'm your catalyst dedicated to sharing good vibes, mind expanding and heart centered information. Knowledge is power. In this fast paced world, it is so easy to get distracted by the matrix and miss out on connecting with the right people and information that will truly help you in living your best life. On this radio program, I save you time and energy by sharing awesome people, new discoveries, life solutions, and wisdom to help you take action and create a positive shift in your life. I invite you to join me and share in this exciting adventure. Listen to Beyond the Veil on innerlightradio.com every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Beyond the Veil, inspiring conscious evolution. Okay, and we're back. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in now, my guest uh, Eric and I are talking about Bernays, Edward Bernays, and the craziness that he brought into our world. And this all got brought in from from uh, him introducing me to this documentary called The Century of Self, which you can find on YouTube for free. And again, just a little warning: it's four hours long if you want to dig into it, but it's totally you worth have it. to dig. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, even, we, even if you have to take this and break it up into smaller pieces, bite-sized pieces for people. Well, but it was. It was a series. Originally, it was four-part, one-hour-per-episode series. So it is technically, you know, structured narratively 
and edited in a way that you can have. Where was it aired? Was it on BBC? This would have been on BBC, I think, in um, the early 90s or late 80s. Probably close to around the time of Noam Chomsky's work, uh, Manufacturing Consent. And Manufacturing Consent is another documentary. Mm -hmm. I recommend buying the uh, version of the documentary that's available on DVD that has basically all the outtakes of all the interviews and stuff. Because what's in the documentary in the final edit with Manufacturing Consent with Noam Chomsky is one thing. The hours and hours and hours of interviews with the subjects is is another thing. It gives you a great, great insight. Um, I I bought that probably about 20 years ago at one point. Hopefully it's still around. Hopefully it's still available. Because I don't actually Somebody own a copyright now. Somebody has to get that and keep it just in case yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. we all know what's happening on YouTube. They're systematically yeah. slowly well, taking things yeah, up. Yeah, backing things up and getting them into analog form is, is going to be something that's going to become more important as time goes on. Especially with, you know, the world that Edward has created for yes. us. Which is by perhaps all necessity turning into this neo-feudal fascist reality. You know, when you when you allow corporations to to abuse knowledge and abuse human beings with manipulation and serve un, unfettered free reign, you know, uh, predatory capitalism, mm-hmm. you, you I would I would I would say you probably almost always are going to end up with fascism yep. at the end of that stick. So you know what 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 hopelessness has Edward Bernays brought to this world by perverting? His his uncle Ziggy's work is is insurmountable. How do we escape it? I kind of think that's where kind of we left off in the in the first half hour. I think first place we start with is knowledge and 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 critical thinking skills. Yeah, critical thinking you know? is big, but I think yeah, definitely starting with knowledge of self because they cannot manipulate us if we understand ourselves and we understand yeah. what our subconscious drives are. They're only able to manipulate us subconsciously when we're not aware of those things and then by choosing to manipulate us into buying products that will satiate whatever's going on in our subconscious mind. But if we cleanse all those things out, bring it into our awareness and understand what created it... If you live in a state of ego, you're going to be far more susceptible to to being manipulated. Yes. So... And this is a pretty... This is a pretty... This is a universal topic. This universal topic. All your ails, all your sorrows, Mm -hmm. physical, Mm -hmm. psychological, spiritual, they Mm -hmm. all start with one thing. That in my mind, and that is self-awareness. Yes. Meeting meeting the man in the mirror, or the woman in the mirror, or whomever it may be in the mirror. There's a proverbial light bulb on the top of my head right now. It's like, bing, 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 bing. right? Yes. If 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 you know who you are and you love you, and you understand how you affect the world, mm-hmm. and you're thoughtful, and affect people in um, your inner world. Yeah. Like you know, your world is many things, but yeah. in your inner world, your relationships, your yeah. partnerships, your family, your community. You you can't participate in those places if you're not in yeah. love with yourself. And you know, and not having awareness on how you affect those people. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're you just know? like a walking around. You're just walking around like a bomb. Well, like you're, you're just walking. You're just a walking. Creating destruction. You're 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 basically a walking around ego. Yes. And you're just walking around, you know, like a dick, mm-hmm. waiting for somebody to rub your head. And yep. that's about it. And that's all you want. <laughs> I like how you put that. Do you know that's what I mean? Hilarious. Like that's yeah. all you want. You know, you're. It's almost like a, a, a vapid puppy, right? You know. And at the end of the day, knowledge, self-awareness, and sure, you know, knowing about the the the, the history of how marketing and how media got to being 
the way it is. You know, people think, oh, I got Netflix. I don't watch commercials. I don't, uh, are you nuts? And it's like there's still programming the coming pro- through the stuff that you're watching. What do you, what do you think, <laughs> what do you think those overt usages of Apple iPhones there are? There you go. Or, or, exactly. or, or with, um, uh, the House of Cards. They've got Nokia phones. You think they're Blackberries. But there's a couple of the scenes where it's like, you know, it's a, it's obvious. This is a 10 second, 5 second commercial mm-hmm. for that phone. Mm-hmm. Cars. Same thing. You know, uh, I remember as a kid, the movie E.T. You know, the, the, the cop cars were all Ford Fairmonts, okay? Piece of crap car. There was no cop car in North America. Before E.T. came out in 1978, that was a Ford Fairmont. They were probably the Crown Vicks, the big, the big, mm-hmm. the big American cars, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever the Ford, Mercury, I don't know what the hell, LTD. LTD they had, uh, at Ford, I guess, was their big cop car thing. But, you know, they were pushing the Ford Fairmont. And they had the Grand Marquis, I think, too. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure, the, you know, Ford, Mercury, they have, these American car companies back then, still to this day, they always had multiple brand badges. Yeah, different lines. Yep. But same car, mm-hmm. different brands, different model name, mm-hmm. same car, different colors, different options, whatever. But they were pushing, you know, to me as a kid. That's another way how to get up I was five years old, okay, when I saw that, okay? And to me, I was like... My, my my dad owned a Ford Fairmont at that time, or he did several years later. But it, or my grandfather probably owned it at the time. So was it because he watched ET? But, <laughs> but I watched it, and I was like, I was like, it, it just occurred to me. It just this was so obvious to me that these cars were like in this movie that wasn't normal because I knew these weren't cop cars because I watched television news and I saw cop cars driving around the city. I wasn't blind, but it was obvious to me that this was an effort from. The, the car manufacturers, mm-hmm. or perhaps Spielberg in, in, in a great, you know, state of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, if people were practicing that critical thinking, they'd be thinking, hmm, you know, yeah. Spielberg has the backing of Universal Studios, all these yeah. distribution companies right. that are paying to get this film out, so why don't we ride that wave and make some kind of a, a, an agreement with these people and put a little shameless plug in there for our Absolutely. car? We cut our they advertising helped, costs. They, they, helped, they helped fund the film. Mm-hmm. There can be, a, I mean, I think that's part of it. But it was worse, okay? In the early, early days of television, when TV first, first started, we didn't have rules against psychological abuse. We didn't have rules against subliminal messaging. Mm-hmm. Like... And this is a problem, too, because the Internet doesn't have these rules either, okay? And I'll be frank with you. As a marketer, I use some techniques in our video advertising to catch people's attention, okay? In the first second of every commercial I ever put online, I have three white frames. I have one white frame, and then a half a second later, I have two more white frames. So there's one flash, and then there's a flash flash to catch your attention, and it works. We know these things work, okay? I couldn't do that if I was making a commercial for TV. That would be against advertising laws. Mm-hmm. And then because but because of people, it's internet, people that get, um, what's the? Epilepsy. Ep- epilepsy, there we go. The, well, yeah. it's not, you know, well, I, I, I hope to God I'm not causing people seizures. I've, I've, I've taken for granted that what I'm doing with the edits that we're putting out for advertisement purposes are not going to be a medical issue problem. It is three flashes only. So hopefully, I mean, until somebody corrects me, and if you've got some listeners who are really knowledgeable and they've got a really good reason why I shouldn't do it, I would love to hear from you that, you know, somebody's told you that, Kay. 
you know, if that's the case. I wouldn't want to be causing people harm. Yes. Um, I do as hell want to get their attention when I'm working for my clients and marketing purposes. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. That's for sure. But look, this guy set up capitalism, set up greed, set up entitlement, set up so many aspects of our modern blight to really kind of dig into loving and owning their state of bringing blight. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think this is particularly problematic when it comes to old, white, rich, entitled, birth, wealthy men. Okay, which is, it, as far as I can tell, is really the world's biggest problem right now is old white guys with money. You know, not so much the guys like Elon Musk who were pretty damn wealthy growing up and had really great educations and had really great privilege and stuff like that, and then went out and made a gajillion times more money than his family ever did. He's quasi-nouveau riche. He's not completely nouveau riche. His intentions seem to be He seems to be a little less douchebaggy, kind of. For now. (laughs) It could just be a coincidence, and he's purely ego-driven. I mean, there's a lot of ego there, too. Absolutely. You'd have to be a fool to think there's not. You know, he does things because he's the boss and he knows, Mm -hmm. but there's probably people who know better than him that he should be listening to a little bit more often. This could be the case. Right. I think more like more likely than not, probably is the case. But you know, the the point is, I'm talking about you know guys like the Koch brothers, or you know, it's it's a German, you know, they're not what do they call them, Coach or Koch or whatever. No, I'm sorry, that's Koch. Okay, Koch. You want to anglicize that? They're Kochs. They're the Koch brothers. Okay, which which is is a wonderful coincidence because they really are dicks, you know, and you know these old white guys. And uh, if, if you've read Democracy in Chains or you've, you've been exposed to Nancy McLean, a historian who did some research about the Koch brothers' funding. I have not, but I guess I should have that. You should. Yeah, Democracy in Chains is, is another great insight into how things got to be this way. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why do we live in a world that we live in that is like this? Right? Mostly because of pretty much racist, rich white men. From I would say on, on the top level, yeah. yes, there's racist, rich white men that yeah. have their own agenda that doesn't serve our, our yeah. highest good. It serves only their highest good. But there's the other side of it in which where if we become more self-aware in our, you know, within yeah. ourselves, our communities, whatever, and we keep expanding that out, these people have no control. Yeah. And I think that, like that's what I want to get to in this education the and half. understanding and critical thinking skills. Yes. We'll, it's understanding we'll, how we'll the system has been set up from under their thumb. And then basically deciding not to cooperate with it anymore. Yeah. Not to participate, which means yeah. maybe boycotting some of these corporate uh, you know, companies products and not playing the game. They we have to pretty much take that power back and be like, "Listen, we're the consumers. We demand that you do X, Y, Z, and if you do not, we're, we will not buy okay. your products we're and then you will starve." Okay, we're people. We're not consumers. Yes. We're but not, I mean, I'm we're using, not I guess I'm using, their, I'm using their lingo. We're not, and that's part of yeah. our job is to yeah. reframe the language that's mm-hmm. being used to describe these systems mm-hmm. and these ways of organizing. Mm-hmm. Right? If we keep acquiescing to their terminology yes. and their framing, so true. Okay? Yes. what are we going to do? We're feeding their system. Yes. If we want to build a system beside it, we have to be completely aware of the system that exists. We have to be completely aware of the weapons that they use. Yes. And they've weaponized psychology against us for their good. Something that was supposed to be used to better help us understand ourselves and navigate this reality. 
they've turned into mo- yeah. a money-making machine. Something that maybe Freud honestly hoped would make us happier, more fulfilled, more joyful people. You know, and I trust that Freud's efforts were genuine. I don't think he was a greedy, rich, trying to, you know, feed him himself. I don't think so. From all the things I've read about him, and even from watching the the, the short amount of videos they have on him, it doesn't seem that way. He seems like he he generally had an interest in human psychology and what what drove us, and wanted to use that to help people. But German philosophers and German thinkers, there's a long history and, and, and deep history of philosophy and thoughtfulness and existentialism out of the German culture. You know, Wittgenstein. You know, another guy who really was trying to figure it out, right? Like Ziggy's daughter, Wittgenstein was responsible for many suicides, okay? Wittgenstein was so completely destroyed by humanity and and the limitations of language as a barrier to greater enlightenment because we're kind of creatures of 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 uh, constraint of, of of our ability to express mm-hmm. right and noam chomsky talks about this as well but, but this wittgenstein is, but this is, this is, spent time with siblings and they killed themselves after spending time with him wow. he drove his own family members i think That's, he came from a family of 14 wow. siblings and from what i understand several of them committed suicide after he summered with them wow he drove people to utter despair because he was in a state of utter despair, right? Yeah. So we'll never necessarily know what kind of mindset Ziggy had when he set off into the work that he did, when he wrote the books that he did, that he sent to Edward, that Edward eventually would be the publisher or assisting with publishing. I don't know if he was, quote unquote, the actual publisher if he started a publishing company, but I just know that those books from Ziggy wouldn't have been published without Eddie touching them. Yes. We don't know, I don't know, maybe somebody does. Maybe somebody smarter than me, more historically capable than I am. I don't really, you know, like I said, names, dates, de- these specific details, sometimes I really don't care. What matters to me is what is the, the sum effect of it? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. How does it affect us? What, what's, the, what's the important nugget of information? Mm-hmm. A lot of people in history and arts, they're like names, dates, who they know, you know, all, all the lineage. It's like, you know, constant douchebag, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, family tree kind of uh, kind of thing, which is a human uh, cultural Again, condition. That brings right? us back to your other point you made about the, these internet trolls that constantly argue with each other on these like just oh, little which, points. Which I've which I've been I've, I've kiboshed the whole bloody conversation. Oh, I'm I'm just as bad. Like I, I've, <laughs> I've I've I, I think I've tweeted. I'm glad you admit it though. I'm, I'm I probably have tweeted about 150,000 tweets by now. Some 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 will wear over 120,000 tweets, right? Now, but granted, the first First 47, 50,000 of them were in the first year and a half of my using Twitter, okay? Before the real troll mass adaption of Twitter happened. Later on, and then now we're in a place where, I mean, they're robots, right? I mean, a lot of these robots that come at, a lot of these Twitter accounts that bark at you, they're, they're, they're not trolls, they're, they're bots. They, or they're paid people right mm-hmm. and this is an that's another interesting topic this is another thing i mean let's talk about manipulation mm-hmm. so these people i mean the individuals who are doing this they might not know themselves personally okay they might not know they've been told to do a job they might not know specifically that they're using particular psychological techniques to manipulate something to get an outcome they're just you know do this say things like this do things like this but this is this shit's right out of edward bernays yeah 
Okay. Play by play. Your Thanks. modern troll farm on Twitter, where people are getting paid peanuts to swear at you and call you an idiot because of your political views, and I don't. It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on, because the whole point for anybody who wants to win, this is classic art of war shit. Mm-hmm. Divide and conquer. Well, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? We're divided. We've been divided for a long, long time. It's not about dividing and conquering. It's about persisting the division mm-hmm. and, and, and inciting deeper division. What's going on right now could be setting the stage and planting the seeds for generations of division that were going away because of a rising state of awareness and improved education, etc., etc., right? But the education has gone down too much, too fast in comparison to the overwhelming manipulation and the seeds of, of, of cynicism and seeds of, of uh, uh, conflict. Yeah. You know, and kids are just they just they're just turning off. They, they're, they're just like, oh. you know what? We don't we don't feel this is good or we don't like this. So just we're not listening. Kids in their we 20s, don't care. They're, I, like, they're just totally rebelling. They're either hyper aware and hyper miserable from what I see. I see so much of that, or they're completely no self-aware, like just yeah, just complete lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Literal consumers. Yep. Right. They, and not just of these younger generations. They've lost still their humanity. In my millennial generation, well, sure. this is definitely sure. still a huge problem. And again, like going back into solving these problems that Edward Bernays created. Yeah. Again, it goes back to self. Awareness. It What's does. driving you to buy these products? What's driving you yeah. to think and feel and yeah. perceive in this way? Is it coming from you right. or is it coming from outside? And religions will try and tell you that that yearning that you feel is spiritual and is God tapping on your shoulder. And religions, in much the same way that people like Edward Bernays will try to manipulate you, and this is especially the case of extremist evangelicals in the United States and in Canada. We, we inherited a lot of that monkey business in the late 80s when there was a, a succession of evangelicals coming across Canada and indoctrinating Canadian country club Christians, I call them, into evangelical Christians, mm-hmm. non-denominational evangelical Christians. And they did. it's the same thing. It's this... this this oh you're whoa that's God and you know and they but they use the same manipulation stuff to kind of get you hoodwinked into what they are selling, which is membership in their they want money they want they the donation they want the donation you know some of them are yeah. ridiculous and they want money for anoint anointment like yeah. cloths that have been touched by some magic yeah. water or something like or you have you're you know? demon possessed here drink this water and it'll expel the demon like, from your some being of it or is whatever. like com- it's, have you seen cult, these? Because of it, it's dim, just pure cult stuff. Have you seen you know? these YouTube videos with these demon exorcisms no, and things? Like, no, oh my goodness, no. they have whole church congregations meeting and watching as these right. pastors, you right. know, get rid of these demons out of people. And then there's people paying money for this, yeah. and oh, it's and just you ridiculous. Think, most most snake oil salesmen in modernity don't know necessarily that they're snake oil salesmen. They buy into it. They bought into the ideology. They see the techniques that work, and they think, well, this works, it works, I'm going to yeah, keep doing it. They hop on the opportunity. They don't know. It. They yeah. never heard Edward Bernays. Yeah. They, 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 they've heard of Zygmunt Freud, probably, maybe, but only in a way that he's being made fun of, probably. You know, or maybe they heard of Oedipus Complex, or yes. whatever the reverse is. What's the other one? Electro Complex. Right. Yeah. You know? Or the, the whole falling in love with your mother and falling in love with your father thing. Yeah, right? that's the Electra versus Oedipus. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean... Other than some of the really tropey, cliche, well-known pop culture aspects of Sigmund Freud, 
Um, you know, I don't think really anybody's got any idea what was going on with his nephew, Edward. You know, and, and this is the thing. A lot of people That'd have... That'd be something to investigate, though. I'm sure he must have known. He must have known. Like, it's we, like, come on. Like, he must have had an idea of, of uh, the intentions of, of Bernays. They must have had conversations, just that we don't know what these conversations were. I, you know, it's not like it was recorded he, for us to, to like... But he died... He, Ziggy died pretty early on. Like, he died only about a year or two after he got out of Austria over to England. Right? Kind of... So after to, Edward published his book, you're saying that only maybe a year or two after that he, he passed away. He passed away not too long after. He never saw what his daughter did. Hmm. He never saw how psychoanalysis became um, the cow catcher on a train that his daughter would load up with iron. So he basically wasn't time. even alive long enough to see the the, the effects, the consequences of what so. Bernays did. I, I he may not even have he, agreed with it. He must have would have known about the freedom torches. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm not aware of any conversations about those kind of moral ethical quandaries about what Edward was doing and the work of Ziggy. They must have had conversations. I mean, you would assume they would have had conversations. There mm-hmm. must be letters. I mean, there would be letters in those times. There must be something, but I don't know who, who would have it. Right? That, those would be private things that Ziggy would have. I'm sure they'll, they'll, it'll get know. leaked somehow. <laughs> Maybe Anonymous Maybe. will hack into their database. Maybe they've scanned it somewhere. This, I don't know. Who this knows? This is analog. There's no database to hack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, if they yeah, had letters and someone letters still happened to scan it, then like we have yeah. access to it, but we don't have access. Historians, but, historians might know. If there's any historians listening who, who have any idea about where yeah, to find Yeah, inbox me. Inbox me and yeah. send me that information. Find, We'd love find, to know. Do some research. Find out for us if there was any disagreement or conflict between Edward and Ziggy about, you know, what Eddie was doing mm-hmm. with Ziggy's work. I mean, he must he must have been privy to some of Edward's early books and propaganda, at least propaganda. I can't, I, I can't I'm, imagine. I'm sure they had, to, I, I swear I'm sure they had discussions. I and don't see how they would happen. You can buy Edward's books and see everything he wrote and see everything he was teaching people like Goebbels in the Second World War. Okay, the Nazis hired... Edwards Company. All right, that's a, that's another wow. case situation. Oh my goodness! But this is a problem because you get you get you get the ideological supremacists, the the you know the white crazy people, you know, who for some reason think the part of the world where I come from, partly Germany, is is this great magical place. You know, there's a lot of interesting people have come out of Germany. A lot of intellectuals, frankly, a lot of them were Jewish. But again, this is the a theme that I've been, I've been touching on a lot. We get into this, and these guys start saying, oh, he's Jewish. And they start yeah. getting into this anti-Semitic stuff. And it disregards the negativity of what Edward Bernays brought to the table. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with the fact that Sigmund Freud and Edward Bernays were Jewish. Okay? Yeah. If anything, it's got more to do with the fact that Sigmund Freud was a German Jew. Mm-hmm. This isn't so much a Jewish thing as it is... Why is it when people go to Germany and German culture, what is it about German culture that makes you so bunged up about so much stuff? A Japanese culture is a little bit similar in this regard. There's this strong cultural keeping each other in line kind of thing. You know, like people don't talk on phones, on on subways and stuff. If you do, you get looked at. They don't police each other, but they do. You know, a lot of of anxiety. I don't know. You know, you know the, the policing doesn't just happen through words and things like that. that happens through just the action. Yeah, but I mean, the bottom the bottom line is is like, look, okay, 
Ed, Edward and, and Ziggy brought this crap to the table. It's, it's got nothing to do with Judaism. You know, I, I don't even know if, if Edward and Ziggy ever went to synagogues. I don't know if Edward and Ziggy ever even wore yarmulkes. You know, I don't know if they if they ever had a Shabbat on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like as as far as I know, a lot of the intellectual, you know, people the, the, from the Jewish community in Germany weren't necessarily practicing. You know, mm-hmm. but when the Germans started rounding them up, everybody who could be clumped up into that group was assigned that kind of, you know. But you touched on one thing. One thing back there talking about Germany and how these great intellectuals that have have come out of Germany. Yeah. And this is a theme, a theme I've been touching on that our our culture. That was heavily influenced by these people that yeah. came out of Germany and other places in yeah. Europe have created this culture where we're over intellectualizing everything. Yeah. We are cut off from our Not emotions. We're cut off from our intuition. Yeah. We're cut off from nature and all these things. It's all yeah. about mind. Yeah. You're nothing if you can't communicate your mind. You're nothing if you yeah. don't bring a theory to the table. It's almost like the frontal lobe was the worst accident <laughs> that ever happened to humanity. If only we could be stupid naked apes and still be living happy in the bush. You know what I mean? Like, I guess this is the dance we have. I mean, I, I feel everything happens for a reason. I think the mind still has great capabilities, but yeah. when we allow the mind to control everything and we ignore the rest of the other levels of our being, yeah. that's when we have a problem. And that's what these people count on Absolutely. that are using play-by-play Edward Bernays' as, as strategies yeah. so that we stay in that mind. They can manipulate our mind, disconnect us from our being, disconnect us from, you know, greater love and intimacy and nature. inertia they have. Yeah, they how have a lot. easy it is for them. Because this game has been being played now for how many push. decades? Exactly. This is like for 40 years at least? That's what I'm saying. Ziggy's daughter's been loading the train up with iron ore yeah. for however many hundreds of years So we got, we got four minutes. For we got about, yeah, we got about three and a half to four minutes left here. So they, okay, we're talking about they have, that they have this momentum now. Yeah. How do we reverse this momentum? How do we take the steam out of their engine? This is what I want to, like, punch home in the last, like, oh, well, couple minutes. You like, wanna, how do we they, empower they people run the world. to, like... They run the world. It runs the world. Don't be afraid to embrace the knowledge that they use against us, against them. Like I was saying earlier when we were, off, when we were offline having a break. Mm-hmm. You know, people who want to do good for the world, want to come together and do good things, they keep showing up to the battlefield with sticks and stones. When, when the free reign capitalists and, and the and exploiters keep showing up with automatic weapons. We gotta show up with knowing everything they know and how they abuse humanity and how they steal from us and turn us into consumers. We gotta show up with nuclear bombs and, and again, change. that's figuratively, not, not yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is metaphorical. Yeah. They're showing up with guns and we're showing up with sticks and stones. We're, we're not showing up to the fight equipped with the knowledge and the techniques. If we keep showing up trying to win at morals and ethics and they're going to keep showing up with weapons and killing us time and time again, we got to know how they work, know the tools that they use and become masters mm-hmm. of those tools. When mm-hmm. we are masters of the tools and we put our spirit into it too and we're holistic and we understand the history of the tools we understand the impacts and we don't abuse people, but we use the tools to fight them, to get together, to make this world a better place for all of us, even those of us who are so lost mm-hmm. that they would kill us with their bare hands because they hate us on sight. Okay? It's possible that Due we Due to their own ignorance because they don't know any better. Well, this is, right? But you can't solve, you can't solve all of it, but we can only try and share knowledge. This is, this is the thing. Knowledge being power is a waning 
thing. Knowledge isn't power that much longer. No. It's action and it's okay. integrating the knowledge. If you don't integrate the knowledge into your being, then it's a waste. With artificial so that intelligence. That means you, you can't actually bring that to the forefront as a tool to use. It just sits yeah. there. And this is what's happening with our culture. Again, over-intellectualization intellect, over yeah. of information. Yeah. And then it's there's, we're sucking up information at such a fast rate. It's a very and where's it going? What are we... What are we <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're you know we're we're sucking up all this information, but we're not using it really for yeah. anything. We're we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, yeah. we're on the articles, we're on what and the hell are we doing are with this information? Organized, oh yes, and funded, mm-hmm. and determined, and in their own mind, completely and absolutely right and justified. They yes. think that money is this magical spiritual thing that has a mind of its own that is going to guide all of us to this wonderful utopia based on greed and serving our own selves as individuals. It's completely insane. Mm-hmm. Like when you hear it, it's completely insane because the only reason we exist is because we banded together in cooperative tribes mm-hmm. and survived. We survived the environment. We survived winters. We survived droughts. Not as individuals, but as groups. As a collective. Yeah. As a, as a, as a family, as a greater yeah. family coming together. So on that note, we have a few seconds left here. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening to this conversation on Edward Bernays and the advertising thank you, industry. Thank you, for letting me share this. Yeah, this. thank you so much, Eric, for being here. I hope everybody goes out and learns as much about Edward Bernays and propaganda as soon as possible. Give yourself the best gift you ever could. Do that. And I think we're probably going to have Eric on the show in the future to keep exploring these ideas. This is something, this is a conversation that has to happen as many times as possible to drive these points home because this is the, these are the tools that they're using to, I don't know, manipulate our reality and create a lot of suffering, a lot of unnecessary suffering. Yeah, because when you're right and you're rich, you just want to keep being right and rich. Mm -hmm. So you weren't rich enough yesterday. You got to be richer tomorrow. That means screwing over more people. Exactly. So again, Self-awareness, self-love, take a break on, you know, the intellectual information, take a break on, on feeding unnecessary information to your mind, explore what it is that makes you tick, explore these tools that these corporations and people that are using to understand how they're manipulating you, and then maybe, maybe if we all do that, maybe we're going to have a chance at turning things around. So what, what thank you again. Uh, so I hope you come back here next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on internetradio.com. And until then, we wish you all the best, lots of love, light, and peace, and have a great week.